tradition of warriors of worship and we know how important they are in worship and everything that we do so i just wanted to have a little conversation with them and so i'll start here on my left i have um brother daniel carr who is the current minister of music at victorious praise fellowship yeah 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 (laughs) and to my right i have pastor napoleon graves who is the current minister of music and worship pastor at the hungry church in greensboro and to my far right i have Elder Rocky Rayford yes, from the Upper Room Church of God in Christ, Minister yeah. of Music, and he's our District Minister of Music, yeah. and he's yeah. our Jurisdictional <laughs> Minister of Music, and he's extremely busy. So uh, I'm just so happy and elated that they were able to sit down and talk with me. They're all super busy. They all got a lot of stuff on their plates, and I'm so glad that they were able to come here and chat with me. So I guess I'll kind of start a little bit here to my left, and uh, Brother Daniel, tell us a little bit about yourself, how you kind of got started in music ministry, how long you've been there, and I'll kind of ask that question around the circle here. Oh, wow. Um, Okay, so uh, again, my name is Daniel. so I got started in music ministry. My believe it or not, my household—I I came from a musical family. My mother was the minister of music at our church. Uh, I was a, ch- a part of the church for thirty plus years. Wow. Um, ever, all, ever since I was born, you know, she was directing the choir with me in the belly. So you all know, right. I, I was part of that music ministry. My uh, sister, she was a professional drummer, um, and oh. I, so that so actually I was a drummer at <laughs> first. And I've been playing drums up to maybe uh, a year or two before I came to North Carolina. So I really started playing uh, piano, uh, organ when I got down here. Um, Had the opportunity to uh, sit under the great Jermaine Freeman. And I'm telling you, man, that that man, you know, he changed my life when it came to the music perspective, music ministry. Mm -hmm. Uh, Just to see him do it with such excellence really drove me to the direction I'm heading today. So mm-hmm. all that I am musically, minister, ministerially, I owe it to Jermaine Freeman. And, oh, I, and I want amazing. to that. And then they come, then turn around to be able to connect with people's like uh, uh, Rocky here on a district oh, yeah. level. Oh my God, man, I'm just, yeah. I've been blown away to be connected because I didn't have that musical um, side when it came down. I was a drummer, you know, most drummers, we, we, we play our part, keep it moving. You know, but I had the opportunity to really grow in this in this area when I came down here to North Carolina. Okay. Yeah. And let me just say this, due to some technical issues, Jermaine Freeman was going to be here, and I'll have him on at a later time. So he was our first minister of music here, and he was absolutely amazing. And I know that he sat under Elder Rocky Rayford over there. So we were able to grow together in music. So I can't wait for y'all to listen to all the nuggets and stuff that he'll have later on. So I just wanted to add that little plug in there. Good old free. Good old free man. Uh, this is Napoleon, and um, I started in music ministry. I'm originally from Boston, Massachusetts. Uh, I've been playing since I was nine, self-taught, and um, got my first church gig at 15. I was playing for a, a, a little Baptist church in Boston. All right. Uh, coming out of a big church that I grew up in. Uh, and so... Um, did that, got a chance to travel around the world with some dynamic people. Um, Here to Praise was a group that we was with, with Bobby Perry and Rain, and I played a little bit with Free to Battle. Uh, and all of that stuff helped me and prepared me for where I am today. Wow. You know, um, put me 
on stage, and I've always been, I'm I'm naturally shy. Uh, and you wouldn't know it, but I'm naturally shy. I come from I come from that, um, and so I'm always nervous when I'm on stage. And it's mm-hmm. funny. I was telling my kids that the other day that I'm always scared when I get on stage. I'm still not scared, but I'm st- I'm always mm-hmm. there's always a nervousness, you know, uh, just because I've always been like that. It's kind of in my nature. Uh, but I've learned a lot throughout the years, man. Played under some great people. Uh, and I moved here to North Carolina back in 2003. Uh, and uh, and what's, what's funny is that we talked about Jermaine Freeman, but that was the very first minister music that I met when I got wow. to North Carolina. Yeah. And yeah. that's how I met you. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and so Jermaine Freeman was a great guy, man. And awesome. Yeah, we, we talked about some doing some great things in the, in the uh, community, but... You know, we were just so busy, man, doing some big things. And so we're here today without, I can just talk forever, I, you know. I <laughs> I'm sitting next to the great Thank Rocky. Uh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> I'm humbled by that because I think everyone at this table, uh, needless to say, I respect very highly. Very highly. Uh, great musicians, great songwriters, great producers, great ministers of music. But then outside of all that, just great people. Right. Great people of God. So I'm honored to sit here. My story is uh, I started playing. I'm like somewhat like Daniel and then somewhat like uh, Napoleon. Mm -hmm. I started playing uh, drums at very, very early age in a musical family. My whole entire family was musical. Mm -hmm. Cousins, all that. It was nothing for us to sing and form a 50 voice (laughs) choir (laughs) on the spot and just start singing. Very gifted, and uh, at the age of 13, I started playing bass guitar, and I started playing for a church. So for 13, from the age of 13 to 16, I played bass for a church, and we went to church every day. No. That's not a euphemism. I'm talking about Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Ooh. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, every day for three That's years. That's what Trey gives it from. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it makes sense. But it was some good training, yeah. I'm trying to tell you. And then at 17, I started playing the organ, and uh, no one would show me. Mm. They would show me nothing. Mm. So I started. Uh, I started praying, mm-hmm. and I asked God to help me. And I literally started listening to Thomas Whitfield, mm. and I started not the <laughs> easiest music to learn. Yeah, I'm trying to tell you. But I listened to his music, and I would stay up all night practicing. Literally all night practicing, and what I tapped into was this thing called worship and playing before the presence of God. Mm-hmm. I would literally, literally record myself playing in those moments, and then when I, the next day when I listened to myself and I tried to duplicate what I did, then <laughs> I couldn't, couldn't do, it. do it. So I tapped into actually how it is to minister right before the Lord. Mm. So I would say that would be the birthing place of my music ministry getting the understanding of what God actually called me to do musically uh, was a uh, great revelation to me. And from that point, I played for uh, several different situations. Some some big artists uh, some some at, in that time did some role plays and things like that, churches and things like that. And up to the point when I came to Upper Room, I was kind of burnt out and tired of the whole situation. And I told Pastor Wooden at that time, uh, I'm looking for a pastor. Uh, I'm not necessarily looking for a church to play for. Yes. Mm. Wow. And he said, uh, well, that's good because I'm not looking for a minister. <laughs> I'm looking for somebody who could just assist where they can. And that's been our, that's been our relationship ever wow. since. That's my pastor. And uh, 
and I serve him greatly and thank God for what he has done throughout the years. So, wow. So awesome. very cool. That's those are awesome like um, backstories. Like a lot of people don't really know. They think they see what you do now. They don't know all the stuff that you had to kind of do to get to where you are right. in ministry. And so, with that being said, with being uh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. So, with being a minister of music, how important? Um, and y'all can just hop in where you fit in. Do you think the relationship is between the chief musician that would be you and the pastor? Oh, wow! <laughs> I think that relationship is so very important because. Uh, under normal circumstances in the church, the way the system is set up or the service is set up, typically they're going to hear from us before they hear from pastor. That's right. Mm. So it's so important that as minister music, we are representing what our pastor and the angel of the house, uh, what he is and who he is, what he stands for. So what that means in the upper room, everybody know Bishop Wooden is a word pastor he he knows the word he is a pastor who knows scripture he understands scripture he's a seer he see things and so i have to pray be very prayerful and very uh discerning about what we sing mm. at our church uh not singing something that that goes against the floor what the house is doing mm. and then then ultimately understanding that we serve at the pleasure of our pastor. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, he does not owe us, he is not entitled to us to have that. Mm -hmm. But if we can understand that role that we serve with him, uh, then we can uh, jump in wholeheartedly understanding how to fulfill what God has called us to do. Wow. And that is uh, to serve our pastor, then to go before uh, the church and try to be that conduit and make sure that our ministry of music is pure, and make sure it's holy, and make sure it lines up with what he's preaching, mm -hmm. what he's saying. Mm -hmm. Everything yeah. has to line up with what he is saying, what he is doing, not working against him, not being a, uh, a revolutionary who's trying to start his own thing. <laughs> I know pastor don't like this, but we're gonna, we're gonna do this. <laughs> oh yeah. I, I know he feels this, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna be daring, and I'm gonna do this. Uh -huh. Can't do that because uh, God appointed him there, Mm -hmm. And my job is to work with him. I say that he, the Lord, uh, is the source, the power source. Mm -hmm. Pastor Wooden is the thermostat, <laughs> and we are the blower. <laughs> huh? I like that. That's, that's, yeah. that's, 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 that's how I look. So I think it's important that you, you <laughs> definitely connect with your pastor and be uh, on point with him. Yeah, definitely. I think that relationship is definitely key and vital to the progress <coughs> of the ministry, mm -hmm. you know, um, and just to piggyback on what Rocky was saying, it's true, it's that, you know, our job is to facilitate the vision of the pastor, and most times, nine times out of ten, we are people who come in contact with us or our ministry before the pastor, you know, so it's very important that what we do, what we sing, what we minister is all in line uh, with what the pastor is about to say or you know about to minister otherwise he has to get up and now fight against everything that mm, we just right. put out you know and i tell people all the time you know your spirit your spirit attaches itself to your gift mm. you know what i mean and so our our spirit has got to be 
uh, kin to the pastor, so that when he comes up, it's a lot. It's easy. He just gets up and just kind of ride that wave. Right. Right. So it's definitely. I think it's. it's yeah, I, I would agree with both of these gentlemen. You know, the spirit is subject to the prophet, mm-hmm. and 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 so we are probably one of the few people who actually touch the church corporately, mm-hmm. outside of the pastor. And because of that responsibility, we have a responsibility not just to our pastor, but to our, to the parishioners, to the uh, people out here that we minister to, to be in line with what the pastor has going on. That's awesome. Because we don't want to cause confusion. Right. See, God is not the author of confusion. Right. And, and see, so when you step in and, and you're not in line, then you begin to cause that confusion. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it, then, like you said, um, Napoleon, the pastor got to come back and then fight against all that of going against the grain. You, we we got to be in line because we, we have a responsibility to our to our congregation, to the pastor, to be in line, you know, because we want to be in order. You know, God does everything in decency and in order. And, you know, I always say, like, even when he wants to move, you know, like we can feel a great move. And, mm-hmm. you know, with me being a worshiper and working directly with my minister of music, sometimes I can hear certain things that, um, maybe getting ready to uh, need to be birthed into the congregation. But if I look and that thing says time up, That's it. guess what? Time up. Time up. Time up. Um, because here's how big God is. And I, I think I probably said this every episode. God is so big. He don't have to use me because then pride says, pride would tell me it has to be me. That's good. Right. But I have to move myself out of the way and say, if it's God, he right. can use the next person That's to come get this mic, right. and he gonna do it. Right. <laughs> it's gonna get done if he said it's gonna get done. That's exactly but right. we can't. We always have to work in decency and order, and with whoever um, pastor has in charge. Yeah. All right. So I have another question for you. If you come from a ministry that maybe not necessarily a big worship ministry, can you teach your congregation to worship? You think you can? I think so. Um, that also goes. And uh, it goes back to your relationship with the senior pastor, mm-hmm. um, because I think that what's important is that the senior pastor has got to be number one in helping and teaching worship to your congregation. Right. Uh, and so if, if you're at a church and you realize that the church is not a worshiping church, but the pastor and you both want that, uh, it's good for you all to sit down and talk about how, and not, not to tell them what to preach, but it has to come from him first because it's going to be very difficult if it's not coming from the senior pastor, but then the worship leader gets up and then tries to teach worship during worship. First of all, that's, that's, that's out of order. That's out of order. <laughs> Never try to teach worship during worship. That's worship leader one-on-one, okay? Uh, nobody like wants to fussing. get, you know, yeah, you, I, I grew up with it. It's just like you're beating people up. Get yeah. up, stand on your feet. It's like yeah. that's, it's not your time. No. That's not your time. Your time now is to lead people there, you know? Um, and so I, I think that the, the main thing, it has to come from the senior pastor. Senior pastor has got to teach that. Um, and then I don't think it's a bad idea to offer worship classes, things like that, to your ministry as you get bigger. I, really, no, no matter what the size is, yeah. really. I mean, just I, I don't think it's a bad idea to offer that as a class as well outside of service. You know what I mean? Just mm-hmm. kind of, you know, we also offer... And then, of course, you clear that with your pastor. You know, I'd love to enhance what you taught, Pastor, you know, uh, during, during your sermon about worship. And, you know, if, if he gives you the green light, that's, that's not a bad idea either. Yeah. One, one of the things I would say 
to add to uh, Dr. Napoleon to that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we, we also must be mindful of this thing. Uh, you have to know the house that you serve. Mm, absolutely. And, uh, and if it's not necessarily what we would consider the worship, worshiping church, uh, a church, i.e., that in praise and worship will Fair. everyone stands and just knows what to do. Mm-hmm. If they're not that type of church, uh, once the man of God is setting things in order, uh, you have to be very prayerful on your song selection. Mm, because if the whole church is not singing with you, then you're not leading worship. Absolutely. Uh, the thing is, but the believer, worship and praise belong to the believer. Mm. It belongs to the church. All of us are worshipers. All of us are if you have a relationship with God, then you're a worshiper. If you're submitted to God, you're a worshiper. If you give, if you uh, pr- uh, return a tithe, you are a worshiper. If you are faithful to your church and your pastor, you're a worshiper. Mm-hmm. Now, the uh, example of worship is how you sing and how you lift your hands and how you dance. So what we have to do is in, in helping the church to get to a point of maturity and worshiping like that is make sure that when we're singing songs, we can relate to them. I tell the praise and worship team at my church a lot of times, you don't want to sing your song and you be out there singing your song <laughs> and you just having a great time with your yes. song. And By you're yourself. Forth and everybody just sitting there looking at you. Mm-mm. And then when you get through, they clap. That's not a good sign. No, no, no. Okay, so what you want to do if you want to leave worship, sometimes you may have to go back. Uh, because in travel with pastor, some, uh, one of the things I see is that is that we, we run into different churches, and different churches require different things. Yes. And so uh, at the upper room, upper room is really a traditional church. And so we, we get a little edgy, but we get only a little edgy because <laughs> I know where we are. Yeah. Exactly. And if I'm going to be effective leading worship in that house, then I have to be, the wow. Bible says they knew them and dwelt with them according to knowledge. Yeah. And I've got to dwell with yes. these people, okay? Lord, if I'm going to if I'm going to help them get into the place where they can receive from you today, Lord, we give us something that's going to help them be joyful, jovial, jump in with us, and we all praise, we all worship. And the Lord does it. And so I think in, in, in that instance, I think what you have to do is you have to be very prayerful. I think what Pastor Napoleon said is 100% true. Mm-hmm. The pastor will set the tone. Mm-hmm. But then you pick up when you run. One thing that Bishop Wooden taught several years ago, he said we have to learn how when we come into church to break the silence. The whole entire week you live outside of coming to church into the assembly of, of the saints and you are reserved, you're restricted to lift your hand, you're restricted to say hallelujah, you're restricted to say Thank you, Jesus, out loud. You're restricted to get up and just and just run or just praise God because you're in a public place. You don't want to act unseemly. But however, when you come to church, you can break the silence. Now you're in a place where that's allowed and that's yeah. welcome. Yeah, that's break the silence. So what we do, we come to church and what we do is we sound the alarm. The Bible says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. We begin to give God glory, begin to give God praise. Yes. And in that, and in that, uh, in that way, we're, we're worshiping God. And the last thing I want to say is that, and for every house, there's a different sound. There's a different sound. Uh, If you know this brother sitting next to me, you know he is a powerful Mm -hmm. praise and worship guy. He just Mm -hmm. he just understands. He has a 
he has an inside with God about how to do certain things. He just do. What chord to play yeah. at the right time. He just know what to do and where to go. And it's very sensitive to the Holy Ghost and the flow of God. But his church is a little bit more radical than my church. But in my church, I have to have the same same sensitivity, even though it's a different sound. It's true, absolutely. I can't, I can't go to his house and force what I do mm. at Upper Room in his house. Wow. He can't come to Upper Room and force what he does in his house at Upper Room That's because right. it's a different people, yeah. a different following. Mm -hmm. So in order to be effective in leading and teaching how to worship, is that you got to make sure, again, you line up with the pastor, mm -hmm. and then you got to make sure that you understand the house that you are in. Yeah. If it's a traditional house, don't don't try to do mm -hmm. the, the the extra contemporary worship. Yeah. That ain't gonna work. work. They're gonna look at you and be like, "That is so nice." That was that was a nice presentation. You But if you want to be effective and you want them to join your song, then you have to mm. give them something to ride in. The vehicle that you create will be the vehicle that they ride in with you. Absolutely. Take, take, take Man, that, was, that was excellent. Yeah, I'm, and then I, I would say that, that you definitely have to have that wisdom. And then for people who are worship leaders like myself who go to different places, you have to be wise about where you're going. Mm, that's, um, that's true. You know? I ask. I'm like, okay, so where am I going? And then I pray about it because I've gone in churches with a track as to what I was getting ready to sing mm. and sat and the Lord said, mm-mm. Um, I think the keyboard player gonna be all right when we gonna get through this song. This <laughs> put me in A flat. <laughs> there you go. Um, you just have to have wisdom and knowing where you are and pray and prayerful. And I can't just be prayerful when I'm going there. I have to have already had a I'm prayer life so that God already knows my voice. I'm not just praying because I'm going somewhere to minister right. or to play. Right. God already knows and He's already spoken with me. So when I say yeah, no. So we just have to have wisdom and understanding that where we are. So, so what I'm hearing, <laughs> what I'm hearing right, therapist. is that um, basically when we are ministering, in order for people to actually experience the worship experience, they have to experience God. Mm -hmm. Yes. Through your worship. Mm -hmm. Yes. And 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 a lot of times what happens is that because we 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 try to implement something on the folks, mm -hmm. we tend to get in the way. Like you, I think you guys hit it home when you said we have to know the house or the or, or the fellowship that we are part of. What where we at? Because, you know, I it's good to know Amazing Grace how sweet the sound. Right. But if if the house I'm at don't understand that language, right. Then I have to be able to speak to that language in order for them to not see me, the minister or the min, the minstrel, but they have to see the God in me, being able to connect to that aspect you know because um i think it was in second king says when the minstrel played um the hand of god came down yeah. upon them so so i don't want to be in the way of even trying to teach worship where i believe worship should be mm -hmm. but i need to be able to understand what worship is in that house that's good mm, that's absolutely amazing yeah i, I know we won't be on this point forever uh but just one other thing too because as we were talking another um scenario came to my mind what happens is there are situations too where you're at a church where you're trying to get to that place yeah. to where you're trying to move into being right. maybe contemporary. So maybe you are tradition and you're trying to move to contemporary, or maybe you are contemporary and you're trying to move to tradition. Mm -hmm. My my thought process is always spoon feed your people. That's 
So, you know, so if I'm That's if good. I'm going to teach contemporary worship, I'm not going to come here with a whole worship, contemporary worship set. Right. It's not going to work. Yeah. You know, it's going to get with Bishop Rocky said over here. It's going to be, <laughs> oh, that was great. That was good. You know, so you, you want to have the majority of that set should be what they normally eat, but you want to toss in a little sure. bit of there you that. Go. That's right. You know, it's That's almost right. like trying to get your kids to eat vegetables. It's like if you want, if I want my kids to eat veggies, it's like I'm not going to give them a plate full of veggies. That's right. right. You know what I mean? That's I'm going right. to give them some good little stuff that they normally eat that's good, that feels good to them, that tastes good to them. I'm going to slide in a little bit of veggies, maybe throw some cheese on it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? That's to good. make them uh, to be able to eat it. It's got to be palatable. But I, you know, you my know. thought process is spoon feeding. And I think I sat in on a class once with um, Judy McAllister, and I think that she's probably one of the best at that. Yes. Um, and she was saying that, and of course, we are always think of her when we think of the move into praise and worship. And one of the things that she said that she did when she was at West Angeles, she had she had the contemporary training, and then she, of course, knew the background, and she said she knew where she was. Mm-hmm. So she kind of had to spoon feed them. So she gave them a little bit, as do in the morning, mm-hmm. gently rest upon my heart. And then she went hardcore <laughs> and gave it to them hard. But she had eased it in a little bit at a time. And if you listen to most of her music, she got a, she got some hymns in there, there but go. then she go hard on the music yeah. at the end. And, then, and here's the thing about that. The thing I would also add to what everyone is saying, if you have a church that's doing that, uh, then what you also want to do is whatever you present to the church, just make sure that it's skillfully done. Yes. Mm. Mm. Because the truth, oh, yes. the truth is, just because it's tradition don't mean it's got to sound old. Yeah, well, absolutely. It's got to sound outdated. Yes. Uh, do it skillfully. Yes. Because see, that's the that's the cunning side. The cunning side of the musician that uh, David was when they looked for a musician to play. That's the cunning side when uh, the prophet. What you were talking about, Daniel, when the the prophet said he. Uh, when he was before he prophesied, he said, give me a minstrel. The cunning side of knowing how to play something skillfully for that time, mm-hmm. you know, and how to set the room, even though uh, it may be traditional, it may be contemporary, but you have to present it in a way where it's still polished and it's good to the ear. Yes. Because, see, what <laughs> captivate the people is, uh, what captivate the people's attention is your skill level. But what captivates the people's heart to God is your anointing. Yeah. Mm. And so you got to have both, and they have to work kind of together. So even if you're right now in a traditional church and it seems like you want to be contemporary or in a contemporary church where you want to uh, do whatever you do, do it uh, as unto the Lord and do it just very skillfully. Skillfully, skillfully it, it, saves, it saves the day. Yes, you know, it does. It, it, it fixes the situation, you know, where you... You didn't like something, all of a sudden you like it. You just yeah, explain yeah. that. Yeah, it's true. The, the, the vegetables, you know, put a little cheese on yeah. it and stuff like that. You just explain that the, the truth is sometimes what's good for you or what may work for you may not be exactly what you like. Mm-hmm. But if I present it in a manner yes. where it's a little better, mm-hmm. then maybe you still may not like it, but you know what you can do? You can digest it because ultimately a mature church is the church that can worship whenever we worship God, period. Absolutely. Whether it be contemporary, whether it be traditional, whether it be in hymns, a mature church worship the Lord. When we sing about our Savior, mm-hmm. everybody should want to join in. Yeah, absolutely. Whether it's my song or not, you know, because you're talking about my, let me tell you something, you start talking about my wife, Listen, you cannot hardly know her, but since you talk about her, I'm all in. Yes. That's, 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 that's right. That's you know what I'm saying? That's the, yeah, that's my girl. Yeah, she is. And that's right. You know? And so 
I'm like that because you're talking about somebody I think very uh, dearly, I'm, uh, I love her very dearly. Mm -hmm. And so since you're talking about her, it, it moves me. Yeah. So when you're talking about God and your song, it may not be my favorite song. But you know what? Since you're talking about my God, mm -hmm. oh, yeah, I'm all in. Yes. I'm in. So make it skillful. Do it from all your heart. Well, I think we have covered a lot of stuff today, but I have so many more. I need like a part two, part three. I, I'm going to try to get on their schedules again. They're so amazing. Thank you all so much. We got to get back together again and talk about this. It's great material that I think that people should know. And a lot of times I don't think that people really know or have a clear understanding. They're just doing, I'm just doing stuff. So um, I just want to thank you all. Thank you, Elder Rayford. Thank, thank you, Pastor you. Napoleon. Thank you. thank you, Brother Daniel. Yes. Appreciate your time. And um, behind the scenes, y'all don't see them, but thank you, um, Brother DeAndre and Brother Durante. I appreciate y'all time yeah. getting Brother it all together. So, yeah. So thank you guys for tuning in. And I can't wait for y'all to see the next one. And I'm going to get them back together again because that was absolutely worship. amazing. Warriors of worship.